So our gospel reading today picks up directly after the reading from last week. So Sterling preached and he talked about the signs that Jesus was doing and how people kept coming to see Jesus to see the signs. They wanted to know what he was all about and what his purpose was on earth. And so this week picks up and the people following Jesus are still stuck on what happened when Jesus fed the multitudes with the bread and the fish. So I invite you to stand as you are able for our reading from John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they all shall be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. What a strange and audacious claim that Jesus is making here. The Jewish people following him certainly think so. What does it mean when Jesus says, I am the bread that came down from heaven? They're like, boy, we know your parents, Mary and Joseph. You didn't come from heaven, you came down from Nazareth. It reminds me of people that I grew up with in Robertsdale who now claim that they are from somewhere else. There's one boy in particular who drives me nuts. He lives in California now and he's a musician and he says he's from there. And I'm like, boy, we all know your parents and you're from Robertsdale and we all know it. The Jewish people didn't understand what Jesus is saying. What does it mean that Jesus is claiming his origins are not in Nazareth or even on earth, but in heaven? We talk about the incarnation most around Advent, when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you are going to have a son and he will be the son of the most high God. We focus on the faithfulness and loyalness of Joseph who stayed with Mary and continued to be with her until she had the son. We wait and prepare each week for this baby to be born, and then we sing praises to the newborn king. But how often do we really consider what it means that Jesus was 100% God just as much as Jesus was 100% human? It's a little confusing and hard to wrap our brains around because it's really, really strange. I mean, who ever heard of a God that had anything to do with the ordinary, the mundane, the messiness of life? Often we talk about God as being all-powerful, all-good, and it's almost like 
we separate God from this earth, from the brokenness, from the sin that's here. And it's almost easier that way if we can separate it. But here we see that Jesus is saying, I am the bread that came down from heaven, put on flesh, and came directly in the middle of the ordinary, of the mundane, to be with people. No wonder the crowd grumbles against Jesus because such words seem to make fun of their understanding of God's majesty. And even worse, it seems to mock their deep need for a God that can save them from the chaos and messiness of the world. Yet this is the claim and the promise that Jesus makes today is that God became incarnate, became one of us, became someone that walked around the earth and was fully human went through all the human things that we experience. Jesus didn't avoid the imperfect nature of the world. Jesus didn't wait until people had it all together or were deserving before he came to earth. No, Jesus came just as we were, just as he was, to come and live a life, to teach people, and ultimately to sacrifice himself so that we would all have a chance to have eternal life. When Jesus came down to earth, throughout his, earth and min- throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus also used all of the very ordinary things at his disposal to teach people about the kingdom of God and to be a mirror pointing people back to God. Jesus used things like bread and wine, dirt and mustard seeds, fig trees and sheep, all of these very ordinary things that he came across in his life to show people another way of living, and to talk about the deep love of God. Jesus knew that for humans, the best way to connect with them was with things that they could understand. So rather than using these huge metaphors that made no sense, Jesus brought it down to things that were very typical, things that we would all encounter in our lives. Who among us hasn't encountered bread or wine? These are things we know about. And because Jesus was 100% human, Jesus knew we could connect to him in that way, just like we can connect to others and extend that same love. And that's the beauty of the incarnation, is that because Jesus came down from heaven and used all the things around him, that means that we too can use all the things around us to point people towards God. We don't have to wait until we're no longer on earth in the midst of a chaotic time or hard time, Because Jesus came down, there are glimmers of light and hope all around us. And we can see those in the most surprising of places. Last week, Micah and I got to see one of those glimmers up close and personal. Micah's dad's name is Steve, and Steve became best friends with a guy named Mitchell when he was in sixth grade. He still remembers meeting Mitchell for the first time in the Baptist Church in Grant, Alabama, And he walked in and saw this sixth grader who was much taller than all the other sixth graders in a green suit. And Steve says he thought to himself, that looks like an interesting fellow, and so I'd like to be friends with him. And so as sixth graders do, they began hanging out at church, and then that spilled over to hanging out at school and after school and spending the night at each other's house and getting in trouble with one another's parents, the whole nine yards. They remained like brothers throughout high school and then whenever they began families of their own and now even they each have grandkids and they still have this close relationship. Well, about 30 years ago, 
Mitchell found out just through some routine blood work that he was likely going to need a kidney transplant one day. And Steve resolved within himself that day that whenever the day came, that he would volunteer one of his kidneys for his best friend. And so that was kind of always in the back of their mind as they continued throughout their friendship. So fast forward to early this summer, and Mitchell found out that indeed he did need a kidney transplant. And so he's been on dialysis for the last few months. And last week, um, he went to UAB to have the surgery. And so whenever he found out he needed the kidney, Steve put in his application. He was the first one to submit it. And he turned out to be a perfect match, a perfect candidate. And so we all went to UAB, and after all the scans and after all the testing, they took out a perfectly healthy organ out of Steve and put it into Mitchell. And I don't know about you, but I don't think about my kidneys a whole lot. It's not an organ that I would rank in like the top tier of things that I think about that I think are really important. But in this situation, this was extremely vital. If Mitchell didn't get this kidney, it would severely limit his time. And so Steve did what he could do. He literally gave of himself so his best friend could continue living. But what I really love is what Steve shared on Facebook the day before the surgery. He said, this is not about me or Mitchell. This is about God's love and the opportunities he gives us to help others. Take a look around and see what he has placed in front of you as an opportunity to serve. Where did you see God today? Open your eyes to someone in need and just help. In some ways, it seems just unbelievable that our God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-capable, who created the heavens and the earth, would let humans help that God would let ordinary people like you and me do things to help people physically and to help people understand the great love of God through the person of Jesus here on earth. But this is what God does. Every day, God works through willing vessels to extend love and grace to humanity. God works through surgeons and donors, through teachers and students, through people who knit and people who receive these beautiful shawls, God can work through anyone at any time, no matter how ordinary that person may feel. But this is the same God who didn't stay away from earth, but rather came directly to earth to do what needed to be done so that we were not doomed forever. This is the same God who doesn't condemn us for sin, but gives us second and third and fourth chances to make it right. This is the same God who gives us hope to cling on to when everything feels shaky and when it feels like hope is almost lost. When we accept this ordinary grace of God, which is all around us, we see that we too can participate in the redeeming of the world that Christ began long ago. Our passage from Ephesians today in our passage from Ephesians today, Paul tells us how to respond to this grace of God. After telling us, you know, put away falsehoods, be kind to one another, this is what it says in chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are called to imitate God who put on flesh, who lowered himself to earth to be a part of this life, 
just so that we would know what it, God looks like in the flesh. We are called to live in love, to care for one another, to give ourselves for one another. Friends, Jesus coming down to earth is a gift of grace that we could never earn or deserve. And yet it is free for the taking. The door is open and available to all people. And when we walk through, we have this hope for all of our days, no matter what type of season we are in. Because Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven, we have hope and sustenance and nourishment along our journey. Because Jesus came down, we are not hopeless in the midst of life and the brokenness that is here on earth. Because Jesus came down, we are bold enough, audacious enough, and maybe foolish, foolish enough to believe that God uses ordinary things like prayer shawls, like teachers, like face masks and fist bumps, whatever we have to offer to bring salvation to earth here and now. Today's invitation is a simple one. I invite all of us today and throughout the week to slow down and recognize the ordinary graces that are all around you. Sure, there's a lot of negative stuff we could focus on. There's a lot of messiness, but there's also so much good. There's so much light and we have so much to be grateful for. And I think if you slow down and recognize all of the things that perhaps we often take for granted, it will make you realize that God indeed has been with us every step of the way. And then I invite you to consider how you can be a willing vessel for God to work through. In Genesis, it says that we were all made in the image of God. In Psalms, it says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of you have a unique piece of the divine within you that the world needs. So I invite you to consider how you can point people towards the hope of God. How can you use your gifts and your talents, your unique abilities, to point people towards the hope that we have through Christ for salvation? May we learn from Jesus who didn't avoid the ordinary or the messy things of life, but instead stepped in and said, how can I help? May we learn from his example and may we be so bold to spread this good news as he did. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.